This is Jeff T from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch, down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The Volume. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant. But no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Win or lose, you get an instant dub. A couple lines that I'm looking at tonight for Monday's night action. We've got the Celtics and the Knicks. There's a nine-point spread there. And we have the Bucks and the Bulls who are at nine-and-a-half spread. So those are two lines that I'm looking at. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S. Jenkins, new customers can get 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on basketball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Jenkins. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the... Volume Podcast Network. We're talking about burping a little behind the scenes. We're talking some burps before we get going here with a special Saturday mailbox uh, mailbag episode. It's Saturday, November 18th. As always, Jenkins and Jones, hosted by Dragonfly Jones, a.k.a. Tyler. Hey, everybody. Have a good Lejethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's that, Bubbles? I'm Gardy B, a.k.a. Mike. Motherfucking Motherfucking Mike. Motherfucking Mike. Fucking Mike. Fucking Mike. Fucking Mike. This fucking Mike over here. Fucking Mike. (laughs) And we're produced as always by the lovely and talented Jackson Saffron, who's a lot more relaxed today than he was the last time. (laughs) (laughs) Jackson was a little, he was like one of those rubber band balls uh, on the last episode. Just so tight. Just no room anywhere. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right. All right, <clears throat> let's get into the mailbag. Thank you so much, everyone who submitted questions. Got a bunch of great stuff. Uh, probably won't get to everything, but really appreciate uh, everyone who took the time to write in. Got some uh, the, the mix of questions we like. Some straight advice, some sports stuff, some life advice, and some funny questions. So uh, from uh, Joe, J-O-H, first question out of the – and I, I'm interested. I, mine's easy, but I'm interested for your guys' answer to this. Out of the four main meat categories, chicken, beef, pork, and seafood, and he said seafood is all-encompassing shellfish and fish, if you had to sacrifice one to never eat again, which meat would it be and why? 
Tyler. The streets want to know. That's a good one. Um, it would be beef. It would be beef. Really? Um, yeah. I agree, and I was expecting some pushback. Yeah, it, it would be beef because here's the thing. Um, it's it's the least versatile <laughs> meet up so there. so serious. <laughs> look, look, it's 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 the least versatile meet up there, and I'm not at all saying a beef is trash. Beef is fucking delicious. When you when you craving like a steak or craving a hamburger, there's nothing that will scratch that itch. You know what I'm saying? Until you get that motherfucking steak or that motherfucking hamburger, but. You know, with pork, chicken, seafood, you can do so much. Like with pork, you know, you got, you know, your, your pepperoni pizza, bacon, fucking sausage, pork chops, pork shoulder. Like you can do all types of shit with that. With chicken, you know, you got fried chicken, fucking baked chicken, fucking grilled chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like all types of shit with that. And seafood, like just, you know, whatever fucking animal in the ocean you want to eat is fucking delicious just about. So I'm going with beef. And the main reason why, like I said, it's not because it's not delicious. Beef is fucking delicious. It's just that it's the least versatile meat up there. I think I'm going with chicken. And it really? makes, I, I just never eat chicken. I never eat it, bro. Like, I can't remember the last time I had chicken. Really? I thought you were yeah, like, I, a, like a lean chicken breast. I don't, I don't know. And, I eat fish. I just greens. eat fish. I eat salmon. I, I eat tilapia before You've I eat chicken, You've progressed beyond the lean chicken I just breast. don't be eating chicken. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I never get wings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I don't eat chicken anymore. So I would say it's chicken. But as far as like, the, and the only reason I don't say pork is because ribs and bacon are so fucking good. And, it, you know, I mean, and outside of that, I don't tell me pork is when Tyler sends his, his uh, shit. But like ribs and bacon are so fucking good. So I can't say pork. I just never eat chicken. So it's got to be chicken. I, to, to me. And I'm it's wild just, for me saying it, too. It's wild for me saying it. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. I can yeah, see you chicken. feel a little disgusted. Yeah, with yourself yeah, saying yeah, for sure, um, man. I'm going to disagree with what Tyler was saying about uh, about cows versatility. Because for me, as an Italian-American in Southern California, burgers, steak, pasta with meat sauce, or like lasagna with meat sauce, like whatever it is, and tacos is like, that's like 75% of my diet, what I just said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is like different moods, because you're right, like a steak is a specific thing, but like some steak tacos... Or you know what I mean, like pasta with meat sauce. Like, I, like never having pasta with meat sauce again, I don't think I could do. But it's easy for me because I don't, we, we don't eat seafood. But if I were to cut one of the three that I eat, oh, I guess it would be pork. But I would be hurt because like salami, pepperoni. I mean, like all the uh, uh, obvious ones y'all were naming, but like this—that's a lot of sandwich diet. Isn't that, that important to like being Italian? Just like chicken yeah. is important to being a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're both like, <laughs> this is kind of, ooh. Yes, but I think the chicken the best might look, be more important to me, which maybe, you know, I'm a race trader. I don't know, bro. Like, I've been, I've been way, accused bro. many times on Twitter.com. <laughs> we're in the same boat today. Damn. Anyway. I think wings might be more important to me than, than, <laughs> than my own heritage. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Um I'm just gonna. This is from Jackson. Uh, I want to ask Jackson. Can we ask Jackson? Because like you said, you had that big that take about you were gonna say steak. I was gonna say expecting pushback. I was expecting some pushback. I was gonna. I was gonna say he penciled it say, in. He penciled in some beef, pushback. But now, I, although my 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 world is kind of spinning, I kind of forgot about not being able to have any more carne asada tacos. That's. We were thinking one. about carne asada. That's the I thing. wasn't it's, thinking it's, about carne asada. It's like because every there's so many cultures in Southern California, yeah. and they all like similarly like no garlic pepper beef at a Thai yeah. place. Like yeah. I, you know I, I mean? always yeah. pick the steak option. Always when that's I the always, option. You know what I mean? There's so many cultures in Southern California, and they all do something delicious with red meat. And that's also true of chicken and and pork. You know, probably less so of seafood in terms of all cultures. But like, yeah. Yeah, I still I still think my answer is beef. I I do have like a a real like cultural like deep core inside connection to like eating teriyaki chicken. There's like something like so like Asian and Hawaiian about it that like I'm like if that ever left my my diet, I don't know like how to be able to live on, you know. So there's something so so deep core inside of me about eating yeah, chicken teriyaki, like teriyaki chicken can lose is it. delicious. Bro, like like chicken. that mall mall bourbon chicken from like a, a Chinese spot, fucking delicious. The most delicious fucking eight dollars you're gonna spend on some trash chicken, bro. It's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> that shit held me down for a long time, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to get to my roots by saying chicken. I think you feel me? <laughs> it's a hard question. I mean, just what held me down for like you know what I'm saying? Like that mall chicken, bro. Yeah. Shit went crazy. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, 99 cent Carl's Jr. spicy chicken sandwiches. I would not have survived college without it. If, yeah. I, could, if I could bum $5 off someone, I had a week's worth of lunches. <laughs> them, them 99 cent chicken chicken spicy chicken the, sandwiches ooh. that were scraped yeah. off of a fucking, someone's, scraped out of someone's tire tread, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> it was like, each patty contains pieces from at least 100 chickens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a hot dog uh, in chicken patty form basically is what those <laughs> carl's jr chicken sandwiches also were. chicken patty day in high school was fire as fuck oh, man. you know what i mean chicken patty day and pizza day were the two special days bro yeah. damn i might i might have to say pork because i do like beef ribs too you know what i mean i don't know it's hard bro i might have to say pork bro i think beef ribs are closer to substituting for pork ribs than or than any of the reverse substitutions yeah 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 for sure for sure even though pork ribs are just totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I do like them greatly, just like, like pork ribs greatly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, question two, and Tyler, this is just a, a chance for you to give a clarification. Um, but All In Your Mouth BBQ emails and said, why did y'all let my man get on the cast and lie? This and, fucking guy. And say... <laughs> Dog, he was he has been you in my mentions. Set up the with my nigga? No, 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 no. Go ahead and read the email. This motherfucker's been in my mentions arguing this for days, and people have been chopping in like, bro, you're just fucking standing on some semantics bullshit. But go ahead and read the shit. He's like, he's, he's you uh, said the day in my eyes, bro, dude. He's he's standing on uh on not business. He said uh <laughs> that he says you're lying by saying that you have a Weber uh because you have a smoker, and he said uh that we all lost a lot of credibility that day. So can I say this too? We don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck about that, bro. All right? But Tyler, go ahead and do your thing. I just need to say that little part. Listen. Yeah, I listen. don't know you, but go ahead. Yeah. Like, like, bro, like, I'm flat out. Like, bro, I never said that a, a Weber kettle is a smoker. I said if you have a charcoal grill and if you utilize indirect heat, you are technically smoking your meat. It can function as a smoker. You're a de facto smoker, right? And people have were explaining that to him. That's yeah, the versatility. People, exactly, exactly. And and that's why, you know, like, I don't fuck with gas grills because you can't, like, I don't know how you do indirect shit with propane, right? Like, like and indirect heat basically is when you put the coals on one side of the grill, you, like, I, like I mentioned that episode, and you put the meat on the other side of the grill where the, the direct fire from the, the coals isn't cooking the meat. The smoke right. is cooking the meat. And when the smoke cooks the meat, motherfucker, you're smoking the meat. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, like, people were explaining that shit to him, and he just kept doubling down. Well, it isn't a smoker. We never said it was a smoker. We said it can function as one. Shout out to All In Your Mouth Barbecue. I love someone who spends his day arguing this. <laughs> arguing a, just a super dumb point for no reason. <laughs> I did have a bunch of really helpful people who were sending me like online how-to guides on how to smoke meat uh, using indirect heat in a propane grill. And I was Can like, you turn I'm on certain gonna... sections of your grill? Is that how you Yes, because I've, okay. so I've got multiple burners on mine, and it does have a closed top, so I can close it, put the like wood chips in yeah. you know what i mean and shit like that but like i'm just gonna get the wet the, the the grill you were recommending cost 80 fucking dollars like i'm just gonna get one of those and, and work life change so. yes all sir. right uh tevin emails who do y'all think has the wildest stroke i uh, thank you for the question all your mouth, you. <laughs> tevin emails uh who do y'all think has the wildest stroke in the nba and i don't mean on the court i'm gonna go with Giannis. <laughs> i know you're doing some wild shit <laughs> no I, I saw that email and i was like okay that's a a weird way of asking who has the best jump shot form. But this motherfucker was not talking about jump shot form. He made that very clear. I that thought he was talking about that initially too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was like, why say stroke, stroke instead of like, you know, jump shot form? That's weird. But he was yeah. like, hey, I'm here to be weird. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> <Which> I respect. <laughs> yeah. I respect the hell out of I don't know. I've never thought about I've never watched an NBA game and thought about who out there has the best fuck game of all the dudes. On I've the never court. watched a game and be like, I know that nigga did crazy. <laughs> I've never done that. I know he be beating the bottom out that motherfucker. Damn. Never. <laughs> Yannis dunks and flex. Woo, boy. I'm telling you there. I know he go crazy behind closed doors, nigga. I never thought of that. But, hey, I will go with your, you know, you seem like you do analyze that more than me. And it does make sense when I, you know, when I do the math in my head. I think Giannis probably do go crazy. <laughs> <Y> <laughs> Y'all ever seen that that clip he posted on his IG live with with the ring bell for blowjob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Giannis yeah, yeah. 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 might be the pick there for sure, for sure, for sure. 
I'm gonna, and I'm I love this question, by the way. I'm clouded, but I love <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I and appreciate I people. This, this is what we need on a mailbag. Throw some, add a little throw sauce, add a little spiciness to the game, you know, while yeah. I'm watching it. You feel me? A little seasoning. I'll go, I'll go with Giannis, too. And I respect, you know, Giannis is a wife sex guy, too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Giannis is on his IG live making dirty jokes about his wife and stuff, bro. Like, I, I respect that. He's a family man, all right? While he's Big wife crazy. guy. <laughs> wife sex guy is interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah, he's the, the Jordan Poole saying, well, never mind. We'll fight. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about that we'll before that the pod. Yeah, Another pod. You feel me right? Never mind. Um, all right. Uh, Nathan says uh, some nice things. Oh, by the way, everyone, uh, as always, thank you for saying such nice things about the pod. I'm not going to read that part of the question because uh, – I feel like that would be boring for people. But uh, Nathan says uh, he's recently gotten engaged. He wanted any tips we have for married life uh, because we seem happy and secure in our relationships with our significant others. So I was wondering we, if you had anything to share. And I want to say again, we said this on Twitter, but we are the official Wife Guys podcast. That is Ooh. like <laughs> all three of us big Wife Guys, and we are the official home of the Wife Guys uh, in the in the sphere. So we're the opposite of the manosphere. We're the wife guyosphere. <laughs> the wife guyosphere. I'm fucking with that, bro. Anything be the opposite of that bullshit, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So basic relationship advice. You know, it's funny. We actually were d- literally just talking about this before we uh, hopped on the pod, but I, I think I'll steal something that someone else on the pod got in, <laughs> in therapy and just say, I think the biggest thing is, um, and my wife and I have been together since we were 18. So we, you know, we've been friends since we were 15. We know each other really well. Um, we knew all of each other's kind of like landmines before we got together. And I think if you're engaged, you're going to find out no matter how well, you know, someone, there's going to be stuff that you did not know was like triggering for them. Mm-hmm. Or there's going to be moments where you're like, why is just my husband or wife freaking the fuck out about like what time we're getting to my relative's house for Thanksgiving or whatever. It's like, there was some traumatic shit that happened to them where they're, dad was screaming at their mom because they were 10 minutes late to thanksgiving one time and it was just like buried in one of those deep brain folds and they pop out from time to time so i would just say like you know as always uh get be, be patient with each other and understand that um if you you don't understand why they're upset about something that's not an affront or attack on you it's a thing for the two of you to figure out together that would be my advice i would agree um I would I would say the advice that I would give is make sure y'all stay in like with each other, right? Like favorite thing about me and Summer is we fucking laugh every fucking day. We're laughing about something, bro. Like literally, no exaggeration. We are clowning all the time. Like my best fucking friend. Like I know that's the the corny cliche shit to a lot of people say. I married my best friend, but no, legit my best friend I've ever had. So you know that th- that might be some live laugh love bullshit <laughs> you know what I'm saying that, that people hang on their walls and all that but that's so real bro like i said just just remain in light with the person and and you know it and enjoy them as a friend first and foremost i i think that there was there's like a, a form of tweet that goes viral every now and then but the the most pure form of it was someone tweeted like are you seriously telling me that the key to happiness is just going outside and going on a little fucking walk and it's like <laughs> yep and I think that's true. That's true of relationships too. The live, laugh, love shit is on all those signs because it is correct. Like yes. <laughs> it's corny as fuck right to here. have the sign, but if the sign is correct, like it, it is true. <laughs> I think the key for me has been moving out of compassion and curiosity. You know what I mean? Um, like when something happens, not taking it personal, and you know what I'm saying, and 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 and, and not invalidating what happened, but like. Why did that happen? You know what I'm saying? I think that has worked best for me in, 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 in rough, in, 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 in diff, more difficult times. Also, difficult times are going to come. You know what I'm saying? Like, understand yes. that. Because a difficult time came doesn't mean that person's wrong for you. You know, the, the, what we see on television is not realistic, bro. You know what I mean? It's hard living with somebody and constantly. There'll be ups and downs, and that's perfectly fine. And there, there needs to be space for that. There needs to be space for all the emotions, bro. You know what I mean? Like, like sadness, frustration, you know, all of that. You know what I mean? Just move. But, but if you're moving uh, from compassion and curiosity, I think that prevents those situations from getting worse. But like, bro, like, you know, one thing I've learned just being married is that, you know, like it, it is difficult, but it, the difficulties make it beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why, you know, it, it, like the, th- the things that make it hard are what make it also beautiful that we've chosen each other every day 
to live life together and make this shit work. You feel me? So um, that, my wife is the most important person in my life to me. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and vice versa. And she's my favorite person in the world. I love my baby girl. It's hard to say that because, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the person that I'm, you know, most responsible to. I don't think it's possible for me to love anybody more when it comes to important and, like, just being around somebody. My wife is that. You feel me? And uh, it's, it's not always the best like, or the sweetest, but it's, you know what I'm saying? I, I, never, I, I never regret a moment with her. You feel me? And I think what's helped us is just moving, you know, in, with compassion and curiosity. Um, I think that's helped us in the harder times uh, when, when they do come. You feel me? So. I tell my kids all the time that uh, Char is the most important person in my life and that she's my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, I, I actually think that's, and they, and they both obviously understand how much I yeah, care about them, but yeah. I think it's important to their view of the world that they understand that it, everything doesn't revolve around them. You know what I mean? For sure. And if they say something to push back on, I'm like, she and I decided you should exist. Like, <laughs> right. like you know, I mean, like, <laughs> it's a different type of love, obviously with kids and, and my, and, and rather, you feel right. me? But like, like, Somi is a love that comes, like, internally. Like, I loved Somi before I knew Somi. You know what I mean? It's just different. But with Radha, you know what I mean? It's a choice every day. You feel me? And I feel like, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's something, there's something really special about that. And I, and I, you know, I just, I just couldn't imagine doing this with anybody else, bro. Like, I just couldn't imagine. And I think in the situation, y'all know the situation that, you know, that, you know, as far as just getting to this point. But there's nobody else in the world I would have done this with. Flat the fuck out, bro. You know what I mean? And so, All right. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Jones or Stephen Jones. Sorry, I'm not sure how, which, how it's pronounced. Stephen with an A. Stephen? If, you, if you're meeting someone yeah. and, they, and you know their name Stephen. is spelled S-T-E-P-H-A-N, would you say Stephen or Stephen? That's Stephen. That's not, yeah, that that's can't Stephen. be, yes, that's Stephen. Maybe right. even a Stephon. Like, we might even have a little razzle-dazzle on that motherfucker. Oh, that's shit, true. Nigga. <laughs> That's true. My oh, friend's name's but the homie Steph or P H O. The homie Steph uh, emailed, <laughs> and I and Steph. I wish I knew how old you were, uh, because I feel like that would give context to this question. But he says, um, "Can you guys explain why Jay Z's raps are so loved compared to other rappers? I recognize he's a great rapper, but I've never cared for his music. I just don't feel any connection to it." Yeah, that, that that's for sure a generational question where him giving us his age would help a whole lot. But yeah. um. You know, I, I think a big thing is, you know, like like the homie Steph himself mentioned, he is objectively, regardless of what your opinion is about his music, he's objectively a great fucking rapper. Mm -hmm. He is really good at putting words together. One of the best we've ever seen. Right. So that's one of the appeals there. Um, I think a, an appeal for Jay-Z for for people, you know, of our generation who grew up with music is he was a central piece to so many moments. Right. Like. You look at, you know, when he came along with, with Reasonable Doubt, he kind of helped usher in like the mafioso rap era where, you know, you had Nas, you know, tell, calling himself Escobar and doing the firm shit. And Biggie was, you know, on his Frank White King of New York shit. And you had Raekwon and Ghostface, you know, on, on, on the purple tape, you know, on their mafioso shit. So he was part of that movement. Then, like, you know, he he um he really had his star moment with volume two where he had the Annie sample, which was just like unlike some shit we had never heard at that moment just an incredible fucking you know risk that he took with, with, with that sound produced by mark the 45 king rp to that dude um and then he kind of he's you know he wasn't one of the first guys to to fuck with neptunes like noriega's probably the guy that made him hot and they did shit with mace too but give it to like like pharrell has said give it to me that was the record that had you know the neptunes phones ringing after they, they gave jay that they said you know that blew them up and then he he had the blueprint where he was like okay you know this was 2001 when everything was futuristic sound, right? When, 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 when Timbaland and fucking, you know, Neptunes were, were, you know, the kings of sound. And he goes with Kanye and Just Blaze, and they're bringing back 70 soul samples. You know what I'm saying? And that led to, like, Dipset's whole sound with heat makers when they were using the sped-up soul and shit, too, right? So Jay-Z's just been an integral part of just so many moments in rap. And besides that, the motherfucker just made really good music. And, but I can understand why someone you know, like say a 25 year old doesn't understand, you know, the appeal of Jay, because we're in the era now of like melody, right? Where, where, you know, you need some melody in your song. You need to be singing on, on half your song. You need to have a sing songy flow and all that. And that wasn't Jay. He was just straight up a rapper. Right. So I can understand why, you know, a, a younger person does not see the appeal of Jay, but for, for those that lived it, he was the real deal. Nothing overrated about that man. One of like, like, the, if you like I, I would pick him as the goat even though he's not my favorite rapper ever he would get my vote as the goat 
I feel also like with the Annie thing, like he opened that up for everybody else to use that. You feel me? He stamped mm-hmm. UGK. Like UGK was already popping. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. when he, yeah, yeah. he did that. Yeah, that's another moment pimping. he was a part of. He, he stamped, helped legitimize the South. Yeah, he helped me? legitimize the South. Help, hopping on the High Remix, you know, hopping on Big Pimpin' with UGK for sure. That was another moment that he was a part of. And also he understood the importance of making singles that the masses love, but he never let that, you know what I'm saying, um... He never, ne- never let that, you know, ruin like his albums. You feel me? Like he on the albums, he was fucking rapping. He might give you like the Annie sample, you know what I'm saying? Or like his singles are made for the masses, but the album was for fucking rap fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So really, I would skip all his singles. If you know they were good, I would skip his singles when listen to his albums because he, the shit he gave us on the albums was always so fire, and the singles were just so you know hella played. But I love how he did that. Like how he, could, how he found a way to balance. Where he was like, yo, I know I, I need to make this shit that everybody can bounce their head to and it's gonna be it's gonna be catchy. But like when you listen to my album, you're gonna know I'm a motherfucking rapper, nigga. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And even though he talked that bravado shit, I never felt like he was talking down about me. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's just my experience, but I always felt it was motivational in a way. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's why I fucked with Jay-Z. But I mean, yeah, Jay-Z my favorite rapper of all time. You feel me? Yeah. All right, we got a question from uh, Summer, um, longtime listener, and uh, she's uh, Fab Fresh and Fly on Twitter. I assume if you put your Twitter handle in the question, you want me to shout your Twitter handle out. So hopefully that's correct. But uh, she asks, um, uh, as millennials, excluding Jackson, uh, I think it's uh, uh, actually no. Jackson is a millennial. He's just on the other end of the spectrum. Um, she says, I think it's safe to say we all grew up hearing our parents say things like, "Do you have McDonald's? <laughs> you have McDonald's money?" I was uh, born at night, but not last night, or adding a random S to things like Nordstrom's, Kroger's, et cetera. Um, what's something that you find yourself saying or doing at your big age that you wouldn't have done uh, 20 years ago? Wow, that's interesting. I will say, and I'm not sh- sure if this is exactly what she means, but I definitely find myself saying shit that my parents said to me. Like, that is such a true stereotype of, like, I will say something that my mom said to me without realizing mm-hmm. it. And then as soon as I hear it come out of my mouth, it's just like the world glitches. And I just, like, mm-hmm. I just stand there for 10 seconds, like, I feel like I time traveled or something. Like, did I just. <laughs> I just fucking say, uh, you know, something about how my time is just as valuable as your time or like, you know, like whatever the fuck. So that's a, that always trips me out. But what, what do y'all got? Bro, like the, the, the whole you'll see. Keep on living. Like I say that in my head so many times when I'm like scrolling on Twitter and I just see like a youngin with just a very, you know, unrealistic worldview or opinion or something. You know what I mean? Like. So yeah. I, yeah, I would say that is for sure something I lean I lean on a whole lot though. You'll see. Just keep on living. I don't think I've gotten to the point as a parent, you know what I'm saying, where I'm repeating it cuz like Sony's still too. You feel me? Like she's like, I don't know, but uh I think the most I've done it will be like, you know, who you think you are? You know what I mean? Who does she think <laughs> she is? You know what I mean? Which is more granny than yeah, than yeah, really yeah. mother, you know what I'm saying? So I I I probably will see more of it as Sony gets older. <laughs> for sure, but yeah, not not much at the point. But I do like I do hear myself like if I'm firing somebody up, you know what I'm saying, or going back and forth, I do hear my mom, which is wild. I'll, I'll be like, damn, bro. Like, like that, like that is low. That I'm gonna say I was gonna say her whole person last name. Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? But that that's that's, so that's my mom. Right, all right, damn, mm-hmm. I'm finna crazy, but yeah. Uh Biko says, uh, uh, a kid's significant other forgetting to take the meat out of the freezer and messing up dinner. So that's another one where it's like, when I was a kid, I didn't understand why that was such a big deal, but I get it now. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like, no, I timed everything around this one action that I needed you to take. <laughs> or you just have so many things going on in your head and you just had to ask one thing. So I get that. I can get how that could have been frustrating yeah. as an adult. You know uh, what I mean? Summer also asks as a PS, and I'm I'm curious about this. Have y'all heard of the album Banging on Wax? Banging on that's by um This is one of those like West Coast rap things is, that like is is that's above the law, right? I think. No, it's a it, it was a super group of uh of Crips and Bloods oh, who like yeah, who like yeah. came together I, to yeah. like tie the I rags together. I never saw that. Yeah, I, n- I never <laughs> saw that, but I did. 
I mean, I, I never heard it, but I I am aware. Of that yes, shit. yeah. I okay. remember the cover to this album. Yeah, I don't I remember. remember I don't think sure. I've ever heard a song. You know what I mean? So, uh, banging on. I think wax. Domino was on it. Domino had his his debut. You I remember? Fuck the, with the, Domino. The, yeah, bro. the Ghetto Jam, Sweet Potato Pie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a. He's from Long Beach too. I think. I think. There's yeah. there's there's Long Beach and LA dudes and uh, um some of this. I don't know if it was recorded at VIP Records in Long Beach, but I know that uh, Kelvin was like very instrumental in promoting it because you would go in there if you went in and you bought like a Warren. G album at VIP Records, he would go, if you really like some gangster shit, like, <laughs> <laughs> like slide banging on wax across. <laughs> but it was like a genuine project, like after NWA of like, let's bring people together and show that, you know, uh, gangsters can rap together and stuff. But bro, it's nothing takes me back to the 90s, like looking at this shit and it's like slob KO. <laughs> like seasick wow. crip 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 was one of the <laughs> singles crip, off crip, of crip. banging on wax crip 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 uh that's where the the homie triple c on twitter uh r.i.p <laughs> came from uh but they did i think they did two or three of the albums and then um i just remember uh banging on wax was always like a joke among my friends and me because ultimately the bloods like guess how the blood and crip super group ended is that they broke up and the bloods formed their own group and the crips formed their own group <laughs> they kept recording but not together <laughs> which is like well yeah i guess <laughs> it was fun while it lasted <laughs> yeah oh man well that fucking i summer i appreciate that question because i i've not thought about banging on wax in a fucking minute um miguel chavez says y'all have a magical taste in music drop links to some playlists uh john we gotta find a way to formalize you playlisting or throwing recommendations i feel like we still get that question so frequently from people of just like i can start making playlists again. i mean i might i might do that i need to do that for myself anyway honestly you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i used to I, yeah I, I might start making playlists if i do we can just drop them on the pod or like you feel me curator yeah, of vibes know. volume one coming no, soon yeah. <laughs> don't connect me to that woman <laughs> you're, you're reclaiming it you're reclaiming, no, the, curation reclaiming the curator vibes yeah <laughs> Taking it from Yes, Jules. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, Kyle Morton says uh, he's been a full-time middle school teacher for the last couple of years. Uh, he's burnt out, decided to leave mm. education, a full-time job behind him. I've been passionate about photography my whole life, and I'm jumping into becoming a freelancer and subbing to keep myself afloat. Any tips on how to get started in a new field, specifically Ooh. photography? Um, hmm... I, I do actually have a fair amount of experience freelancing. I freelanced to support myself as a writer uh, through college. And then um, I, I got my first full-time job as a sports writer when I was 23. But from like 18 to 23, I was freelancing. And I still freelance quite a bit. Um, I think, for, first of all, I would say photography in 2023 is a super challenging uh, place to try and make a lane just because the equipment is so much more available and uh, utilized now. Like when we were in college, if you had a, a good DSLR setup, you probably could make a living just because it was like the, the access. You were the to person the that had the DSLR setup, you know, what that I mean? was what, right. right. They were hiring the camera as much as they were hiring you. And now, you know, cameras are so much cheaper and, and more accessible. So I would say the one piece of advice I give, because um, all I knew when I was a kid and when I was in high school is that I wanted to be a writer. And I didn't I just like I just didn't want to make a living doing anything else. It was the only thing I felt like I was good at. So. When I was in college, and I think I've told this story on the pod, I freelanced as a ghostwriter for a, an old timer magazine for like aging baby boomers. It was called like Golden Times, and I would just pretend to be an old lady writing a column. And stuff. I mean, like, I freelanced the wildest shit like possible because it was just about um, like getting money and building something. So I would say if you're truly jumping into it as a professional for the first time, um, don't like, I would say this chase money. Like if you do some like really goofy, weird shit, but it's paying, do that over someone lying to you and saying, do this thing that sounds cooler, but that is going to give you exposure, like chase the money, because the more you have a record of people paying you, the easier it's going to be for you to actually get a job in it. Um, and so for me, again, I, I sport, sports is actually a weird thing that I fell into. I was not trying to be a, a sports writer. That was the first full time writing job that was available to me. And then um, I like sports, so I've just been living in that. But like, ask anything. Like, take class photos for elementary school kids. 
um, go to youth baseball fields near you and, and, uh, you know, obviously try not to look like a weirdo, but like, you know, make yourself a card and, and hire yourself out. Like, Hey, do you, do you parents want to get a hundred dollars together? I'll take photos of your kids and send you this stuff for like, whatever it is, just get out there and hustle. And as backwards as it might sound, I would say when you're early in a freelancing career, put the money first, because until you establish that, like I have a rate and I have enough work available to me that I say no to stuff that's under my rate, you're not going to get to a real job that would actually support you the way that teaching has. And if you want to do something artsy, do that on your own time. And if yeah. you know, if you think five things you like, you know, add that to your CV as well. You know what I mean? But like Mike said, that will stamp you as somebody who's reliable and can do, you know, paid work, you know, or potentially corporate work. You know what I mean? But if you if you are into things that are more creative, put that on there too. And hopefully, after you do the things that are like Mike was saying, people will hire you for those too when they see your full CV. So. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if there's things that, you know, you aren't, that you want to do that you can't do, um, that you're not being hired to do, or you don't have the opportunity to do, do that on your own time. Um, and add those things to your CV as well. to show your capabilities. And I would say, um, sort of jumping off both those things, which I agree, like put the money first cause yeah, you need money to live in America. Um, and, and do this, the, the stuff that you like doing on the side. I would just say like, it sounds obvious, but like take a fuck ton of pictures, like whatever you like taking pictures of, whether it's animals or like plants or the sky or whatever like just take so many so many get as many reps in as you can get of all the things that you like taking pictures of and then post the best ones on instagram and tiktok yep yep tiktok in particular because that's a pl great place to scale um also like youtube has a ton of like learning like things you can learn from as well like um whether it's videography like, just can create creative ways as well editing you know what i'm saying so you know, just, you know, dive into your craft, become obsessed with it. You feel me? And I and you can find ways to set yourself apart as well. Bico chimes in with use social media to post your content, find other shooters in your area to shoot with them, reach out to people via shoot events to shoot community service events. That's, yeah, those are all good uh, pieces of advice too. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, we had some painting done. We're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or, like, put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, uh, Thomas uh, Thomas uh, asks, uh, he says, on the Knuckleheads podcast, they start off by asking their guests, who is the first person to bust your ass? So the question to us is, if we had to choose, pause, who would you pick to bust your ass like Curry did <laughs> oh, CP3? Oh, wow. <laughs> that manosphere creaked in. That manosphere creaked in. I'm go sorry. Ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead. Oh. Uh, I, I, like historically, you'd have to say Allen Iverson, right? Like, if there's if there's any player that you were like, I would love to have video of me getting embarrassed by a basketball player. Would it not have to be Allen Iverson? That would probably be my pick. He's my like, like you know, Bron is my goat, but AI is my favorite player of all time, so it'll probably be AI for me. Like you'd frame that video. Like if you had a video of AI crossing you into the third row, you would frame that video <laughs> yeah, I would in your frame house. That shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, that I think I think that's number one. I think also. For me personally, I would love, like, I would love, it would have been dope to have, like, Nick Van Exel drop 40 on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you feel like, I love this game. It would be a beautiful 40, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah that bouncy but, uh, game, man. That, that bouncy-ass left-handed game. Yeah, bro. I, I, I would love to be on the side of a 40 ball from Nick Van Exel. Um, interestingly, uh, he, he asks us an alternative question. He asked actually about Bryce Harper, uh, being a guy that he remembers when Bryce Harper was in sports illustrated when he was 16. And he said, for whatever reason, that issue rubbed me the wrong way. And I didn't like him for a while after that. When he joined, uh, when he joined the Phillies, I turned a, a corner or maybe I just matured and couldn't help, but enjoy watching him play. So his question is what athlete did you start off hating that you now love? Oh, actually he said, it doesn't have to be a sports figure. Um, but, uh, yeah. Who's someone you started off hating that you're now a fan of? I like that question. Hmm. That is a good question. Let me think. I don't really hate athletes. My best friend, Connor, one of my best friends, Connor and I, I like the first time I met him, I was like, this motherfucker is annoying. Oh, yeah. As fuck. yeah. I, I, like I, I got, I got plenty of friends, <laughs> friends who, who yeah, I didn't I mean, fuck with at first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in the NBA, in the NBA, I think Blake Griffin is one for me. When he came in, he was like really, he would get in fights a lot. And I was like, why is this guy so fucking annoying all the time? And then you I was like, like oh, Blake he's... Griffin, bro? They I mean, were I... trying to fight him, though, right? That's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, like, you didn't I like mean, Duncan Era Blake Griffin? I feel like it's, it's like if, you, if you're the common denominator of like 10 fights in a row, you might be the, the reason they're getting in fights. That, I was like also like a kid. And I was like, why is he like just so angry at getting in fights all the time? But now I'm a huge Blake Griffin fan. I like uh, his game. And also like he seems re- like genuinely very funny and like a really interesting guy. I would, I would, I could, Charles Barkley, bro. The way they, yeah, the yeah. way, yeah, I think at first, like, they tried to make us hate, hate him. And then we started realizing, like, yo, he just a real one. You feel me? Like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just doesn't, he, he just, he just is not, you know, going for the bullshit. He's going to be exactly who he is. And there's, and, 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 and I, yeah, so I, I think Chuck was a guy that they, like, they, I was, you know, supposed to hate at least initially, you know, and I did. And then I was like, nah, I kind of, I kind of fuck with this dude. I don't know what you want. Yeah. I think anyone who played against Michael Jordan would be an easy answer for me. Cause I was such a MJ fan that it was like, so, you know, fuck everything else. Like how dare they? they? Him the anti MJ. That's kind of kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, right. Him. Which is hilarious. Cause they're the, there was like, basically they're the exact same person. If anything, Charles was actually probably like nicer yeah. to kids. He was probably more of a role model than Michael Jordan. Was. MJ was more Chuck than Chuck. You feel yeah. me? And we give it a buck. You know what I mean? That's a lot of uh, rhyming there. I didn't mean all that. But go Lakers ahead. fans will kill me for saying this, but my honest answer to this would probably actually be uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, like, and I love Kobe. I love young Kobe. But when the split happened, I went with Shaq. Like, I, Dad got mm. me in the divorce. You know what I mean? And um, and I was like, I was furious. I was like, we kept Kobe over Shaq. Like, 
this is crazy. And, um, and then, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the off court stuff with Kobe as well. But then like throughout the rest of his career, I came to like appreciate, um, who he was as a dad and the work, the community work he was doing and stuff like that to the point that, as I've said on the pod, like his last game, I was like, I was like crying, you know what I mean? As he just like kept shooting at everything. So definitely Kobe, cause he's one of my very favorite athletes of all time now. But for a time, I was definitely like, I resented his existence on my favorite basketball team because <laughs> I felt like we should have gone all in with Shaq. All I, right. also ha- I also have Alex Rodriguez. Not not that I ever liked him. I, I, I'm a Red Sox fan who grew up in Seattle. So like he left the Mariners and then he went to the Rangers and then he went to the Yankees. So I was like really easy. It was, and then he was just annoying as fuck on the Yankees. So it's so easy to hate him. And I never came around to him as an athlete, but as a commentator, I think he's really funny. I still have a deep, I still deep, hate him as a deep baseball hatred player. as a baseball player for him, yes. But as a commentator, I think he's very funny. I think he's very good. And it's great right. to see him and David Ortiz like go at each other on, on the desk. It's really funny. I enjoyed your A-Rod uh, Dua Lipa uh, comparison on Twitter. Of, uh, Dude, that, that, that pictures are startlingly similar. The, y- y'all have seen the photo of A-Rod looking at himself in the mirror. Like yeah. I'm gonna fuck that. That's like a GQ cover or some shit. I think. Yeah. 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 Shout Happy out to moments. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Davon asks. Um, and first of all, I do appreciate everyone who. Uh, I feel like recently we've gotten a, a lot of people saying nice stuff about us being non-toxic uh, masculinity or whatnot. And I mind uh, men's business. Yeah, but I, I actually I just want to say I do I really appreciate that because. Um, I, I think that's something I try to do quite a bit in my day job as well of like teaching like teenage boys. Like it's okay to be a boy and have all this like energy and all this stuff. And there's a way to do that without like hating women or, or you know, like whatever, like that there are like positive uh, forms of masculinity. So I, it, that, that always means a lot to me when people say we, we hit the mark on that. But uh, Damon's question is, um, how much do I got to pay Tyler to send me one of them meat boxes? It sounds so fire. <laughs> I will pay top dollar. Name top your price, dollar. Tyler. Consider this price. email a blank check. And he said, I'm trying to take this beautiful carnivorous woman on a picnic with some prime eating she can't get anywhere else. Please help a young brother out. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll, we'll talk business. I'll holler at you. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk business. <laughs> we'll talk bacon. Yeah, you are funny, bro. <laughs> All right, uh, I love that. I will say, Davar, we we did just put out a podcast. You know, you could you could become your own Tyler Meatbox. You know, <laughs> it ain't quite. Fish, it ain't gonna be the teacher same. Teacher man, though. the fish. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, okay, uh, Alexander asks. Um, he's a Milwaukee guy. Curious about our thoughts on Milwaukee season so far. Been a rough start for us uh, after some high expectations of the Dame trade. Hoping they turn around since it's still early. Uh, and he also had a book recommendation for me that I will for sure uh, check out because it looks interesting as hell. Um, yeah, actually, this is, a, I, I, this, is a, this is a great question. What are your guys' thoughts on where Milwaukee is now versus what the playoffs looks like for them, You know what your, your feelings are on their season versus what we thought before the year started? Um, I think that there's really not too much to be concerned about with Dane. You know, new team. He didn't get to get those, you know, um, training camp reps in with them and all that shit, right? It's going to take him some time to to get acclimated. I will say one thing that there is concern of is the defense. Like, we thought this was, you know, with with Giannis and Lopez, we thought that was going to be, like, you know, the the best rim-protecting duo in the league, and they are near the bottom at that. That's a concern. There's no concern with Giannis. I don't think, like, he's been going fucking crazy, right? Like, he's doing his job. But Mm -hmm. I would say I'm not concerned about Dane, but I am concerned about the defense. Yeah, definitely concerned about the defense, but I think it just takes time, bro. It just takes time for them to get figure figure it out. You know what I mean? Preseason games don't really tell the tall story. You know what I mean? Like not, now these games really matter, people really playing. So they're gonna have to figure it out. But I think they'll be more than fine when playoffs come. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it's worth noting that the um, you know, specifically the dynamic of the pick and roll is something that has to be worked out in game, right? Like mm-hmm. that that just it is going to get better over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. When we have seen it run well, even back to the preseason, it is a fucking terror. And that is what the team is now constructed around is that action. So mm-hmm. um I think there's I, I'm not at all worried about the Bucks yet. I think as far as like the defense, you know, that's the decision your team consciously made was to emphasize better, more reliable half-court offense for the playoffs over half-court defense. And I've had this, actually, argument with um, with uh, my, my my best friend, Ryan, who was like, 
he, he, you know, he grew up when we grew up. It's a defense wins championships like type mentality. And my argument was like, I just disagree. I just think that a more reliable half court offense in the playoffs right now, you just would pick that over a really good perimeter defender in the switch everything era. And so maybe I'm wrong and maybe your GM is wrong, but that's the gamble your team made. And so I would just like embrace the fact that you're not going to be as good defensively. <laughs> you know, I mean, like that's, that's the decision that they made that decision consciously to get worse defensively in order to get better offensively. And I, I have a real hard time. I mean, I think we all agree the Nuggets were not as bad defensively as some of the advanced analytics made it seem like they were, but the Nuggets did not prioritize their defense in the construction of that team. They got long guys who they knew they could get to play hard in the playoffs, but like, you know, it's not about going and getting a defensive stopper. A Dame is just more valuable in the playoffs in 2023 than a Drew Holiday. And that's yeah. just a gamble I that I would go along with as well. Yeah, and I would say another thing that I would legitimately be concerned about is coaching is Agent Griffin. You know, and this is a concern before the season started. First year coach, of course, you're gonna have concerns mm -hmm. about that off rip. But you know, after that Terry Stotts incident, where you know you got the guy who knows how to unlock Dame, right? And and they just had that falling out, and they said that Terry Stotts just resigned because he just didn't like the way that Agent Griffin was talking to him. And I'm like, bro, if you're gonna be a first year coach. You got to have a bit of a teachable spirit. You got to be willing mm -hmm. to, you know, absorb some shit. You got to know that, you you know, you know, you, you know, you don't know everything as a first year coach. So, you know, that fallout with Terry Stotts, that was concerning a bit for me there. I do see how going from where they were defensively last year or the years prior to now is jarring. You know what I mean? For jarring for sure. It, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and you and you it is. It, but it's going to take time for two guys offensively, you know, to figure each other out that are so ball dominant. You feel me? And I'm just wondering, you know, like, we'll, we'll see if that dip in def defense will, you know, pay off on the offensive side. And I think it will. I yeah. think most of us think it will. You know what I mean? Um, shout out to uh, Matthew. No question, but he just recommended a couple of history pods, uh, Follow Civilization, which he thought might have been what John was talking about with their three-hour-plus podcasts. Mm. Um, and then also Tides of History is another history podcast he recommends. Y'all listen to either of those? No, I haven't heard of those. Uh -uh. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. Worth checking out. And uh, we've got two more questions. Mars says, I'm an educator and wanted to share some insight on your audiobook question, exclamation point. I love people who say, I want to give you some info with an exclamation point because you know they're about <laughs> to lay it down. My mom's a Stand PhD. on business. <laughs> My mom's a PhD in educational philosophy. Her dissertation is on literature and reading's relationship to young black boys and the school to prison pipeline. One thing she found in her research was the parts of your brain stimulated and activated through reading are the same as the ones uh, through audiobooks. So audiobooks and reading are equivalent. Stephen King randomly also got asked about this and said that uh, reading, uh, listening to audiobooks is the same as reading. John, your rebuttal. I don't think it's the same. I think, I mean, it could be equivalent and it affect the same parts of the brain, but I think the experience is different. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, so I, I think there's a number of things that are probably equivalent that are very different as well. So it's just, for me, it's just like, when you look at the definition of reading, you know, it involves actually reading words, you know what I'm saying? And you're not doing that when you're listening. So yeah. it's, it, it's, to me, it's just like, if, if you tell me you're re you read something, and you listen to it. I'm just like, I don't understand that. You feel me? That doesn't make sense. That's not reading, you know, in the in the literal definition of the word. So, I mean, I just, like I said last part, I don't give a fuck, honestly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just think there needs to be a, a different designation for what you're doing because it's not reading. And it's great that it affects the brain the same way. Um, but I wonder how it affects other things like, you know, spelling and, you know what I'm saying? And things like that, you know, that, that are benefit of reading a lot. You feel me? Yeah, Phonics. Not to be, you know be anti-neuroscience, but I'm not exactly sure that that means that they're the same thing. A lot of no, it doesn't mean they're the same means that they're equivalent. So I, think I know, affects, but a, a lot yeah, of yeah. things affect, like, like the, get, getting a exactly. hug affects your brain the same way that, like... Getting a getting, like doing, on doing Instagram right. does. Like, but a lot one's of things affect the brain. unhealthy and one is healthy. It doesn't mean me? the, like, the experience yeah, like, of doing them is the same. Like eating chocolate affects the same parts of your brain an orgasm does or some shit like that, right? Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, running, you know what I'm saying? It affects your brain the same way. You love chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the motherfucking Reese's boy. But yeah, I'm 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 not at all coming from this stance of like turning my nose up. You're not a real nah, reader. Like like uh, you know, I, I don't nah. care about it that way. But I'll say for myself personally, like it it wouldn't be the same to me because like I, I mentioned before, rereading is so fundamental to reading to me. Like 
If I don't understand something, I reread it until it clicks. If I read some shit that blows my mind, I reread it in, until it really, really sinks in with me there. So like rereading is just so vital to me in my reading experience that it, it's not the same for me. Not in my And opinion. I think reading generally, even the first time you read it, sits more to me than hearing it. You know what I'm saying? That's, I guess that depends. That's because of me personally. It's just the way that's that everybody. your brain works. Just yeah, the way I'm my the, brain I'm works. Way. When yeah. I read something, it sits. It, it, it it's more stamped in my brain. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm, it's more likely I remember it long term than listening. Also, listening becomes passive at points. So listening to a book for that long, it becomes background music. It becomes All jazz. Right. You, you know, know what? what I'm let's so. let's go. Let's uh let's let's go full fucking dorky on this shit since we've been okay. talking about tumors. <laughs> Do you think that reading a pictograph based language is the same as reading? Like if you're if you're Egyptian and you're reading hieroglyphics, do you would you consider that reading? Well, you got to read that shit on like a I mean, wall. Like I mean, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of different than a book. They invented paper know? too, though. I mean, they yeah, had scrolls, papyrus, and shit. I mean, it's but, I mean, it's communicating stories through. I don't. I would say it's closer to reading than audiobooks. even though it's not actual words. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's more of a similar way of me gaining an understanding on something than just listening to, to it. Yeah. I think, and I also think personally, because how my brain works, that would sit with me longer because I'm a visual learner, you know what I mean, than hearing something. There's a thread to pull on there. I'm gonna There's something there. There's something there. No, for real, for real. For real. For real. There's something there. We can talk um, about it. With the speaking of reading in the, the brain, I did read a study um, when I was in college that I've never forgotten that... Um, uh, reading and meditating basically do the same thing to your brain scan, which I think is really, really interesting that like there, there's a, you know, your brain operates on three different levels or whatever, and that they sort of all condense into one level when you're reading or meditating. So like it, it, it is. And I would say that, you know, uh, neuroscience studies for sure. And I, nothing like, I think neuroscience, the most fascinating thing human beings can do that is located on the planet. Um, for me personally, the effect of listening to an audiobook does feel different than reading or meditating. So, but I, but I'm on the audiobooks or reading camp. So, all right, last question. This is gonna make us all uh, very happy. And I just want to say, um, so this is uh, Smokey Leroy Jr., uh, you know, homie of the pod. Yeah, that's good, the good, 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 Smokey. Long good, time, homie. Right? Good friend of the pod. Hell yeah, Smokey. If you did not want uh, any of the people mentioned in this email to hear this question you should turn the podcast off at this point but i'm assuming based on the fact that you put your name in it that we are safe to identify you uh as uh the person who's asking this question so i'm going to pause it here and you have a chance to turn the podcast off if you did not want this to be heard by anyone else but Smokey Leroy jr says i'm proposing to my girlfriend soon i know what i want to do but what she wants is more important she wants something simple and private i know she's going to say yes but I just want it to be a moment she'll always remember. Any advice on how to do that? Well, first I mean, of all, he, congratulations. Yeah, congrats to the homie Smokey. Um, but yeah, I mean, you nailed it, bro. Give her what she wants. You know what I'm saying? It's her moment. Um, you know, you're you're soon to be fiance better than we do. So, you know, I would say uh, figure that out. I mean, I would say the most thing, the, the best thing is just just be your genuine self. Like, you know, if you're a romantic over the top guy, be romantic and over the top there. If, if, if that's not your thing, just, you know, just be yourself. Be, and, and I'm like the worst person to give fucking proposal advice to because I don't know if I ever told y'all the story. Like me and Summer, we just kind of agreed to get married. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because because the way shit worked, I met Summer, um, you know, a few months after I got out of a relationship that that ended because I didn't want to get married. Like we just came to a fucking roadblock and she's like, okay, well, I'm out. And, and you know, it was understood. We, we still cool. It's, it's no bad blood or nothing. And but you know, the opening was, line of the very first Jenkins and Jones episode of all time. We're tired of losing. What, what was it? We're tired of losing good women to not wanting to get married. It's yes. Just, it's just yes. like just we just I think it was we. You just you love them until they hate you or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. we just <laughs> and so just enjoy and, and, them until they hate you because because right? you're not and, getting married. And, you know what yeah. I mean? And, so, and and I was always I was always very upfront. I was never misleading. Like yeah, I'll get we'll get married. Sure. I was I was very upfront. Like I just that's sure. just not something I want to see. And when I started dating summer, I told her that all up top, and she was like, you know, that's never been something I was really interested in either. I was like, okay, cool. And then one day she was like, you know, I think I want to get married. I was like, you do? She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I do too. Let's fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then we got married that next summer. You know what I'm saying? That's so, great, bro. Yeah, yeah. So so I don't really, I can't really be the guy to, to tell you the, the, the fucking, you know, 
romantic or you know yeah. way to propose or whatever but like i said just just you know what your lady likes and you know just give her what she likes and be your genuine self in the process i think there's nothing else to add to that you know what i'm saying like he spoke to the fact that she likes some private you feel me like make sure yeah. it's that but you know in your way make it special yeah. so have I told watch a youtube video there's got to be a video I, out there I, on it have i told you all the story of uh me proposing to Shar? No, nah, yeah, you, 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 you told me about you, you okay, sweating and okay. nervous. But go ahead, don't tell right. the story. Tell the story. We went up to uh, Lake Arrowhead and we we had a nice fancy dinner and we were. I was I proposed when I was twenty one, so we were on some real. I can't imagine. We were on some real <laughs> little kid shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the type of pressure you gonna put on yourself at twenty one for? Oh, overwhelming, bro. The overwhelming yeah. amount of pressure yeah. I put on myself. It was in, it was insane. I was just like shitting myself for like a month. It had prior. to be perfect. You know People what I mean? People in my like, family like do not do that because we had not <laughs> one successful marriage in my entire family on either oh, side. Wow. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, hey, we really love Char. She's the best, but you should not get married. <laughs> Maybe ever, but definitely not this young. The way to stay together forever is to never get married. They're giving right, you that right, type right. of And of course, advice, if you're 21, yeah. you know, your family's telling that yeah. you're like, yeah, the difference is I'm not you you know what i mean like <laughs> i give my mom shit about that all the time though you know what i mean it's just like ah what's up you know I, we beat your pr already you know what i mean <laughs> anyway we um we went up to lake arrowhead we had a fancy dinner char i have surprised char with a gift or an action perhaps three or four times in the 20 however many years that we have been together she is smarter than me she notices me noticing things, you know what I mean? She just, and it's not like, she's not mean about it, but like, I'm not going to get one over on her ever. So she'd known since probably 30 seconds after I decided I was going to propose that I was going to propose. Wow. And so she was just like, she was busting my balls the whole night. Like I was trying to make sure everything was, you know, like perfect. Like, you know, like you're talking about, she, she was just like, you know, she just had this like look on her face and you know. So then we're like, okay, we go out for a, a walk under the moonlight by the lake, right? And I'm going to like go down on one knee and, and propose and all this shit. And I farted. I farted so hard, bro. Like I oh farted God, so hard. How do I forget that part? <laughs> <laughs> like we were walking and like I, I had been so nervous. I was not yet a fiber pill convert. You know what I mean? And I just like I ripped like the loudest fart. And I obviously like totally lost my cool. I was just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like, I can't believe I did this shit. And Char is going, you fart all the time. What's the problem? Like, why are you so, <laughs> like, what are you so worried about? <laughs> Bro, that is so funny. And that made this so you and also made it more special. Oh, for sure, 100%. And I think that's a microcosm for marriage. Yes, because at the <laughs> you know time, I truly was mortified, like, oh, no, I've ruined it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and it's, that's, yeah. like, one of our favorite – it's, like, what truly one of my favorite stories about the two of us. This is just, like, I was trying to be – like, put put something truly special on, and Shar just wanted to, like, laugh with me and bust my balls, and, like, we're just having fun. You know what I mean? So – it's not advice, but that's what happened to me. <laughs> and shit that seems overwhelming in the moment, you know what I mean? I think like you you talk about these things in the in the future is always I don't know. I just think those things make it more special. For sure. All yeah. right, but congrats to you, man. Thanks for being such a, a, yeah. a great uh, friend, uh, fan and friend of the show. Smokey mm -hmm. is a, 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 I mean, almost deserves from parts of the Jenkins and Jones run an assistant social media producer credit. Cause he's, he's like, he's, he's done it. Like, he's I feel the man like on the streets, like he, he shoots us so much shit that we discuss on here. Like a hundred percent. Always holding us down. Shouts to Smokey. Man. And he's also like, he's, I, th I feel like we've had announcements that like, we didn't really like do it as a big announcement. And he like quote tweeted it and was like, Jenkins and Jones is dropping, you know, like twice a week now or something. And then like, we would retweet that and he would get like <laughs> a bunch of people engaging off that because it didn't occur to us to just write the tweet. But anyway, yeah. Congrats to you. And your, uh, your your lovely soon-to-be fiance, let us know how it goes for sure. But uh, but congrats from your friends at Jenkins and Jones, bro. That is all the time we got. We'll be back on Sunday with another – we'll be back on Monday. I'm sorry. We'll be back on Monday morning with another uh, regular episode. Sorry, Jackson. And we'll <laughs> see you all then. Hope the rest of your weekend goes good. Bye. 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 The Volume. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.